Some years ago, I was in Buffalo during a break from seminary, and I was in a coffee shop, and near me there was an older gentleman who I could hear striking up a conversation with a younger couple. He was trying to evangelize them from some kind of biblical fundamentalist perspective. The objects of his effort were polite, but not too interested, yet he was very persistent, and they were having a hard time cutting him off. I thought his efforts were a little bit bumbling, but I also thought, good for him. More Christians should do this. When was the last time I just tried to convert somebody like that? As this conversation dragged on, I finally heard one of the spouses say, well, we're Catholic, but we don't really go to church. So my ears perked up because now I thought he's poaching on Catholic territory. That the couple was Catholic, or at least nominally so, really excited our would-be evangelist. He started to tell them why the Catholic Church teaches all manner of things that violate the Bible. But he was especially critical of the Eucharist and the real presence, saying that Catholics believe that a priest is crucifying Jesus again every time that the Mass is offered, because we call it the sacrifice of the Mass. So at this point, I went over and introduced myself and said that I thought he was misrepresenting the Catholic Church. The couple really appreciated me coming over because that gave them an opportunity to excuse themselves gracefully from the conversation and leave. So now it was just me and my newfound evangelical friend. So we went around and around and back and forth discussing the nature of the Mass and the doctrine of transubstantiation. I could tell that I wasn't getting anywhere with him. Finally, he told me that he had to go, but he left me with one little gem of a thought. He said that Catholics have crucifixes, meaning a cross with Jesus nailed to it in our churches, because we like Jesus to suffer. Because, he said, we don't really love Jesus, but that Bible-believing Christians like him have a bare cross in their churches because they understand that Jesus rose from the dead and ascended into heaven. I was so flabbergasted by this odd assertion that it didn't occur to me right then to give the most obvious response. Jesus didn't ascend to heaven from the cross. He didn't come back from dead from the dead on the cross. He died on the cross the same way you or I would if we were crucified. The cross, of course, is the symbol of Christianity, whether it's a crucifix or simply a bare cross. Both are used as symbols in Catholicism, and both mean the same thing. A cross without the corpus of Jesus is still meant to represent Jesus' suffering on the cross. The reason why the cross is the central motif of our faith and not the resurrection or the ascension, is because taking up the cross is something that Jesus commands us to do. He doesn't command us to rise from the grave or to ascend into heaven. That's something that will be done for us at the end of time. But the cross is something that we choose now. Jesus doesn't say, wait for the cross to come to you. Rather, he says, take up your cross and follow me, that we might offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. 
In the gospel reading, when Jesus starts to speak of his mission to the cross, Peter tries to prevent him. And Jesus rebukes Peter in no uncertain terms. Get behind me, Satan. You are an obstacle to me. You are thinking not as God does, but as human beings do. In the passage in Matthew just before this, which we read last week, Jesus had anointed Peter as the head of the church because Peter had the faith to confess Jesus as the Messiah. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. But Jesus is telling us that this faith is all for naught if you too do not embrace the cross, because faith without works is dead. If we confess Jesus with our lips, but do not embrace the cross, then we are simply an obstacle to Christ. That means not just accepting that Jesus will die on the cross, but that we too must be broken on that cross. Whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. This is the paradox of the cross. G.K. Chesterton, the famous English apologist, said that the paradox of paradox of the cross is what escapes so many critics of Christianity. He wrote, modern man finds the church too simple exactly where modern life is too complex. He finds the church too ostentatious exactly where modern life is too dingy. Chesterton said that when people asked him why he was a Christian or more specifically a Catholic, he said, because it reconciles the greatest set of contradictions. He gave the example of a soldier who is surrounded by the enemy on all sides. In order to fight his way out, said Chesterton, he must simultaneously embrace a strong desire for living with a strange carelessness about dying. He must desire life like water and yet drink death like wine. This is the theology of the cross. In it, the ancient fear of death that has haunted mankind is forever changed into eternal victory. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. From the beginning, the cross presented a unique challenge to the world because the cross was the Roman instrument of torture. It was the way that they scared people into obedience because crucifixion was the worst death imaginable. The power of evil always depends upon instilling fear in people. But Christ showed us that the cross was not all-powerful. That's why Christians embrace the cross as a paradoxical triumph over the powers and principalities of this earth. It is said to tyrants and dictators and other evildoers throughout the millennia, you can't win. Thus, we see that in history, every dictator and would-be dictator finds himself in a zero-sum game with the one true church. A people who really believe that the priest's hands make present for them in the Eucharist, the one who suffered on the cross, died and rose from the grave, they know that the greatest power on earth is not in armies or secret police or death chambers or torture. The most powerful words are not those found in a tyrant's decree but in the love of Christ echoed by an ordinary priest in the Mass. This is my body, which is given for you. It's given for you on the cross. Those who seek to do evil cannot live with the competition.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.